to Wish Upon a Star, your Disney song by song podcast. I'm Amanda the Person. I'm Frodo the Lawyer. And this is our unofficial in-between bonus episode number four? four? Yeah, sure, four. That sounds four? good. That sounds solid. Four-ish. Here, we'll just do that thing where I give you a bunch of options. Three. Two. Five. One. No, it's not Blast one. <laughs> it's not one. I know it's not one. I know that for sure. Well, Amanda, what do you want us to talk about today? Well, we're in between seasons of Wish Upon a Star, as you know, um, mm-hmm. because you've been there for the whole thing. Well, actually, I've um, been following along on wishuponastar.com and on Twitter what? at, at Star. Amazing! <laughs> Have you been emailing us thoughts and suggestions at wishupon.gmail.com? Uh, yeah, I've actually done that a few times. For some reason, I haven't received any responses from you guys, though. <laughs> that's so weird. Yeah. To be fair, I don't remember the password, so <laughs> that's kind of on you. Uh... Yeah, that's no, that's my fault. But yes, do all those things to us. <laughs> yes. Please. Yes. Okay, now pause. Have you done that? Go do it right now. Go like and subscribe on iTunes. We we know if you haven't. It says how many people subscribed. Actually, if you were only going to do one thing, please go on and rate us on iTunes if you're going to give us a five. If you're going to give us less than a five, please don't. But please yeah. rate us on iTunes. You can uh, pretend that it's five out of ten if you want. That's fine. Yeah. But still give us a five. <laughs> Okay, now that you've done all of that, yeah. congratulations, thank you, and as a special fun thank you, we're going to do another theme park song. Woo! And I think we can summon this song together, Frodo. Are you ready? Can you help me summon the song? No. No <laughs> yes, and. No, yes and, Frodo, yes and, we've yes. talked about this. Yes, and what do I have to do? <laughs> okay, I, what I want you to do is close your eyes. Okay. Are you doing it? We don't have video on, so I can't quite tell, but my, I bet you're doing it. My eyes are, at least one of them is closed. I will take that. That's a step in the right direction. And then I want you to just fire up your brain. Mm-hmm. And just think about stuff. Thinking about stuff. Oh, shoot. Ah, I've got my brain scanner here, Frodo. It says that it's not working. What? Yeah, it says that you don't have any imagination to help power this song. Oh... That is what the doctor told me the last time I, I went in. Oh, well, you should have said something, Frodo. That's going to make a big difference in our creative yeah, output. Yeah, I think this is a HIPAA violation, actually. <laughs> oh, no. No, it's fine, though, because I know a way mm-hmm. to get your imagination back. What is it? Well. <laughs> <laughs> One spark of light Whoa. can light your fancy. Ooh. Your mind sees more than what your eyes see. Your sense of sight can make your fancy fly. There's more to sight than meets the eye. Imagination, imagination. A dream, a dream, a dream can, can be, be a dream, a dream, dream come, come true. true. With just, just that spark, spark from me, from to, me you. to you. Yay! Oh, it worked. Do you see? I was, I joined in at the end. That's you because did. I'm so it, proud of you, Frodo. It Welcome to. Imagination, One Little Spark is the name of the song, the official song of the Imagination with Figman ride at Disney's Epcot Center. Yeah! Yes! What do, you, what do you know about this song, like, or this ride? What's your experience with Figment and Dream Wizard? I know, I know it's not Dream Wizard, everyone. <laughs> Don't worry. Um, and, and I know it's Dream Finder. And, and everything else that goes on here. But like, what's your experience with this? Well, I, like we've said, have been to Disney World a few times in my life. Not as often and regularly as you. But I do remember this from one of the early times I went to Disney World. This would have been uh, in the 90s, so the earlier incarnation of the ride. And I remember I got a Figment stuffed animal. And I thought Figment was really cool. Jealous. 
Why don't we talk about what Figment is? Because to me, this ride is Figment. I honestly don't remember much from my first time about the ride itself. I have been on the ride more recently. In the new yeah. incarnation, we can talk about that. But Figment yeah. is what I remember. Yeah, so Figment is the small purple dragon who leads you on this journey through imagination. It's kind of the basic plot of the ride. Mm. Um, and he's a Figment of imagination. So you see how it all kind of comes together here. And also he's amazing. Yeah, he's oh, this, he's kind of... Uh, what's the right word for it? Chaotic neutral. Yeah, he, he's <laughs> he is chaotic. He is mischievous. Mischievous. He's like, you took the sexuality of Loki and made him a dragon. Sure, <laughs> sure. Uh, he, he's the god of mischief, you know, it's close enough. If you, uh, he also has to be much more purple. That's fair. That's fair. He's pretty green in at least the Marvel universe. But I think the figment is interesting and was interesting to me as a younger person because he was a Disney character that existed only to me in the medium of Disney World. You know, right. I knew about Mickey from movies and TV. I knew about Simba and Nala and, you know, the Beast, all these things. Those are the five Disney characters. That's it. Um, you did. I, but when you get to Disney World as a young person and you see all these figment toys in this figment gift store, you're like, what is this and where has this been? Why has this not been in my life? Yeah. Yeah. No, he really is like the, the only major character I can think of that exists purely in a ride. Like, can you think of anything else that like exists like that? Um, I think it's just figment who's like that present anyway. Right, right. I mean, the, like... The the Star Tours, like, robots? Like, no. no, no. <laughs> yeah, or, like, the Tiki Room Birds. Sure, yeah, but, but they're right, like, specific characters right, that were, like, right. monetized the same way the Figment was. Right. Uh, that is a very good point. And Figment himself, it's an interesting... Uh, it's an interesting word to, to be... Yeah. Figment is an interesting word to be named for a character, to be the character's... The name of a character. Tell me more, tell me well, more. Well, the thing is that you always hear the phrase something's a figment of your imagination. And so I wanted mm -hmm. to look up what's the actual definition of the word figment. And the actual definition, according to dictionary.com, is A, a mere product of mental invention, a fantastic notion, or B, a feigned, invented, or imagined story theory. And this kind of had me thinking, is figment of your imagination kind of redundant? Because it seems mm. from that definition that a figment is already something imagined or invented by the mind. What else could it be but a figment of the imagination? So that's my that's soapbox. Fair. That's my soapbox. That's why I wanted to get out there. Now that you've heard that, I'm, do <laughs> I'm done for the episode. Yep, that's all I have to say about this whole song. No, but so, so did you like the? Did you like Figment though in the ride when you were a kid? You said you got the plush. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He's he's fun, and like I said, he's a character I didn't know before. And it, when you're that age. Like, you don't necessarily grasp, but there, there's, like, a whole world of characters. You think, like, oh, the things I've seen on video are the things that there are. Right. So what was your earliest memories of the figment? Okay, so this is the thing that I'm actually a little bit confused by. Because I love this ride. I've always loved this ride. Like, I don't have a lot of, like, super early childhood memories of coming to this ride. Because when we went to Epcot when we were living in Orlando, it was usually go to the um, the Germany restaurant. Like, we would go there for dinner with some frequency. Mm -hmm. And then we spend more time in Magic Kingdom because it was, like, I was young and my sister's three years younger than me. And so, like, Magic Kingdom's a, a stronger pick for kids at that age, especially at the time. Um, but we definitely went on Figment. And I remember really loving the, like, interactive area outside of the ride. But the thing is, is that the Figment ride, like, has had a, underwent a major renovation in 1999, mm -hmm. and then another one in 2001 into 2002. 
And I have no memory of the actual ride except for the one from 2002 on when I wasn't living in Orlando anymore. Oh. So my mind, I guess, like just erased the original mm. dark ride from my memory and from my imagination because all of my memories are for of current um, figment and current imagination ride, mm-hmm. which is weird. Yeah, my memories, I think I went on the original incarnation, but I don't really remember much of it. Uh, mm-hmm. I do remember it. I think it was a little bit more up and down of a ride. The current version yeah. is you're just kind of in this little car and you are on a flat surface. So that- yeah, I do want to, before we get even too much into Journey into Imagination, I'm going to talk about Epcot kind of as a whole because we haven't really touched Epcot yet because why would we? This is a Disney movie podcast. Epcot is an interesting thing because it is so uh, distinct from the Disney movies, whereas Magic mm-hmm. Kingdom, you see, you, know, you walk right in and there's the, the castle from... Uh, Cinderella, that's from a Disney movie. Right. Epcot is a different sort of thing. It's a different yes. element. A different now, do entity. you know what Epcot stands for without looking it up? Uh, it's like something hippy-dippy-ish, like environment, <laughs> uh, people coming on together or something. That was so wrong. <laughs> that was like, you, have you ever seen that comment about the person with like their shoes on their hands and they're like, Dad, this is the wrongest I ever got it? <laughs> This is the wrongest you ever got at Frodo. <laughs> what, what, what is it really? It's Experimental Prototype Community of Tomorrow. Okay. Sometimes they make it Experimental Prototype City of Tomorrow, but mm. Community is the original gotcha. um, for that. Yeah. So I guess it's a little hippy-dippy, but it's more actually a lot more like modernist and futuristic than that sort of like bring everyone together peace thing that, you know, people for some reason hate. Um, but yeah, so Epcot, um, the original name is Epcot Center, but it's been called Epcot for a while now, uh, opened on October 1st, 1982, and it was the second of four theme parks built at Disney World after Magic Kingdom. Um, it was still part of, the, part of that sort of initial push, though, like early Disney is still pretty Epcot. Mm-hmm. Um, and Walt Disney himself was actually the one who conceived it, and he wanted to make it an experimental planned community like entirely different from what it actually ended up being. And it'd be a center of American innovation and urban living. It would have like an actual city in the middle with residential areas, mass transport, all of the car transport would be underground. Mm-hmm. So that like it was completely pedestrian friendly up top. And it would be, you know, they'd have like education attractions and things like that. But it would also be a place where people lived. Right. Not a place where people get drunk and walk around the world. Right. Different <laughs> thing. Yeah. Different thing. Um, but Walt died, um, I think six years before, or five years before Magic Kingdom was even opened. Um, and so after he passed, the people who ran Disney were kind of like, we don't actually want to like run a city. (laughs) We're good. And so that's when they sort of stopped pushing in that direction. Um, but Epcot kept pushing forward anyway. And so they didn't quite know really if they wanted to have this like world's fair kind of feel or this pure, like future kind of (laughs) feel, um, which is what the name suggests but they were still questioning that and so someday or somebody one day was just like hey what if like you know those like tortilla commercials where they were just like <laughs> poor candle loves toast yeah <laughs> it that's kind of what happened with epcot they're just like why can't we have both and so they did and now we have world showcase and future world uh, which are the two sections of epcot and they were there from the beginning like since 1982 we've had these two parts of epcot mm-hmm. um which is cool so future world is the sort of like experimental city of tomorrow feel sort of thing although now it just it feels a little dated in some parts because the city of tomorrow 1982 is pretty different than city of tomorrow in 2018 um and then world showcase is what you think of a lot of times when you think of epcot the various countries drinking around the world Mm -hmm. stuff like that yeah have you been to epcot as an adult 
Yes, I have. I was actually there in whenever I was last there. Okay. Yeah, and I got to ride Alan's Energy Adventure before it sadly uh, has now passed. Uh. My favorite. That was perhaps my favorite ride in all of Disney World. It encompassed everything Disney World should be. You know, animatronics. Yeah. Something mm-hmm. that is cold and dark and slow. <laughs> Bill and, Nye and, and Ellen DeGeneres. And Ellen DeGeneres. You know, random uh, celebrities. No, that's not, honestly, there's not random celebrities in elsewhere places of, of Disney. So that Although made, Martin that made Short me... does narrate the Canadian um, movie. That, that is true. And we also have Eric Idle in, uh, spoiler alert, the, the ride we're talking about right now. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it, it's one of my favorite parks now. Like, I have a hard time when someone asks me, like, what's your favorite Disney World park? Because I love them all for different reasons. Um, but Epcot is a really cool place, especially as a grown-up to be. I mm. mean, not just because the drinking around the world, although that's not a bad time either. Um, but the detail that goes into Epcot is just beautifully done um in fact i don't know if you knew this but um the only so all the countries are sponsored by either corporate sponsorship which is most of them or morocco which is sponsored by morocco (laughs) um but because you can see that yeah they just went right in there and they actually like sent over the um the like the i forget if morocco has a king or some, I think they had a king at the time anyway. Um, mm. If I'm wrong, edit in a like, eh, sound over <laughs> me saying this. Um, but they wrong, sent wrong, over the, like, the lead architect of like this main center of Morocco to help advise on building wow. the Morocco pavilion. Yeah. Um, and actually, you can see Tower of Terror from Morocco, um, but they designed the back of it to look like the same, the same color and stuff as the buildings of Morocco. Mm. So it all kind of blends into the background when you look out into the distance. Yeah. Wow. And World Showcase hasn't really changed that much since they opened it. Like, you've added and, t- and taken away some things. But the mm. countries that have been there are the same countries that were there when it opened. Right. Whereas Future World has gone through a lot of changes. Yeah. And one of the main changes is sort of where Imagination is. Um, specifically, the Imagination Pavilion. All right. Well, what, what is in the pavilion? or what? Um, so the Imagination Pavilion, you, you can think of a lot of the areas in Future World as, like, various pavilions. Mm. Um, like, they've got the Land Pavilion now, which is where, right. like, Soren is and stuff like that. Future Pavilion. Whoa, whoa, or, well, you're just going to gloss over my other favorite Epcot ride, which also wait, has... Wait, is it, is it the, um, is it the, the ride the where you go through the Living with the Land? Yes. yes. Because it also satisfies all the right things. It is also slow and dark <laughs> and has animatronic stuff. Um, there's not... I don't think there's as much animatronic stuff. There might be, like, a couple, like, little animatronic things. Like, animals in it. Um, Would your purposes be better served, like, monetarily by just, like, going to the movies more, Frodo? <laughs> no, no. I, it seems like a cheaper way to get what you're searching for than going to Disney World. I mean, if AMC Theaters brings out animatronic people that clean your seats afterwards i'd be all over that but (laughs) not until then okay that's fair it's good to know like what your what your sort of um situation is there um living with the land is great though i ride it every time i'm there because the line is like a minute long if Mm -hmm. that yeah yeah yeah. it's one of the rides where if i see a line posted as five minutes i will not get on the ride because that seems too long to wait for it no no, i feel the same way about the um the mexico ride like oh i see people standing waiting for this ride no no well, yeah, but I think we've talked enough about all these other great rides. Let's talk about the back to the Imagination Pavilion. Yes, it's not right. the land; it's the Imagination Pavilion. Right. So, Imagination Pavilion, when it opened up, had a lot of stuff going on in it. It had Image Works. It had spoiler alert: uh, Journey to Imagination with Figment. Um, it also had a um, a film called 3D, ma- or called Magic Journeys, which is a 3D film. Whoa. Um, 
Yeah, it had a song with the Sherman Brothers in there. Um, other things that have lived in this area over the time, which we won't talk too much about, but just to mention them, Captain EO was in here, mm-hmm. um, which we've talked about yes. before on the podcast. It's been a little while, but Captain EO was in here. Um, Honey, I Shrunk the Audience replaced that later, oh, which was okay. happened. Yeah, that, that, was a, that was a cool one. Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, and they, they thought about bringing back um, Captain EO after Michael Jackson died, but they didn't, and um, they have the Pixar movie film festival going in there now, which is just... You would actually love this. It's a dark room where they just play Pixar shorts. Again. There are no animatronics. Th- no animatronics. No. No. Okay. Never mind, then. No. Yeah, you could just see the seas with Nemo and friends and be perfectly happy on the loop there. Mm-hmm. But what they have was Journey into Imagination, which is different than the ride we have now. Right. Yeah, you want to talk a little bit about sort of the history of that, Frodo? Yeah, well, wasn't this the initial version of the ride? Uh, it featured some guy named the Dream Finder, who was like a wizard man and figment, and it seemed like you were going on this adventure together with them, uh, looking for, I don't know, lost thoughts or something of that nature. <laughs> You're not entirely wrong. Yeah. Well, they, I mean, I assume, well, let me re, let me change that. Since his name is the Dream Finder, I assume they were looking for dreams back then. Well, my God, you should be a lawyer. Yeah. You're I, so smart. I read words. <laughs> yeah, look at you. Yeah, so basically the original ride, which ran from 1983 to 1998. Um, so it wasn't quite original Epcot, but it was like right on the edge there because it opened in March of 1983. Um, you got Dream Finder, who's this pilot of this blimp that you're in while you float near the clouds or you're next to the blimp you're in your own sort of weird vehicle thing and you have to collect dreams and ideas for imagination things and then he creates a figment of his imagination which is figment mm-hmm. um and they fill their idea their idea bag and you learn that imagination is the key to unlock the world okay yeah nice and then you sing the song which is great yeah what what is what is the song? I will actually give you a bit of a trivia test here, Frodo, where you can guess which famous Disney composers wrote this song. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm, I know the answer, so I'm trying to think if I should guess correctly or incorrectly, because I did prepare for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to guess it was Teehee and Handstew. <laughs> it, it was the Sherman Brothers. <laughs> it was the Sherman Brothers. Yeah. You guessed via research. Yes. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, good work. So yeah, the Sherman Brothers, um, who've written like everything, mm-hmm. everything, wrote well, the song. Yeah, so they wrote the Tiki Room song, right? That we already right. talked about. They also famously wrote Mary Poppins and other stuff. But. Yeah, just like a whole bunch. Like honestly, if it's Disney, you could just like guess it's the Sherman Brothers, and that's a pretty good trivia bet. If you're doing a Disney trivia night, like who wrote the song? If you don't know, just write down Sherman Brothers. Yeah. It's like when I was at Trivia once and um, we were doing a category that it was music. So like you, they gave you a clip of the music and you had to write down the name of the song and the name of the band. But like we knew that there's some sort of theme connecting all, all of the bands mm-hmm. and all of the songs. And about halfway through, after we put down Benny and the Jets, we realized <laughs> there was NFL teams. <laughs> And so whenever we didn't know the name, whenever we didn't know the artist, we just wrote down the they Eagles. Might, I was going to say, you could also guess they might be giants for... <laughs> I, I think that was one of them, but the Eagles seemed like a safe bet if we yeah, just like, yeah, didn't yeah, know yeah. what was happening. Yeah, yeah. The, the Sherman Brothers are like the Eagles of Disney trivia in this case. Nice. Yeah. 
Uh, so yeah, I sang a little bit of the song before, although you may have blocked that out because of just <laughs> the whole experience. I would understand. Um, but there actually are two different versions. One happened after the sort of renovation and one before. So the original version, would you like to read the original version for well, us? Yeah, I, I had the lyrics for the, the versions of the song. and the Yeah, both versions of One Little Spark. For the original version, it goes, One little spark of inspiration is at the heart of all creation, right at the start of everything that's new. One little spark lights up for you. And then... It, it goes on to explain how Figment gets born. It says, two tiny wings, eyes big and yellow, horn of a steer. Oh. In- interesting. Uh, but a <laughs> lovable fellow from head to tail. He's royal purple pigment. And there, voila, you've got a figment. So, Which is just a great line. Like that whole, I love that couplet of, from head to tail, he's royal purple pigment. And there, voila, you've got a figment. Like, it's just so fun, you know? Yeah. It, I don't know how they would have... I mean, the Sherman brothers were given the task. They're like, okay, so we're going to create a a dragon named Figment. So I want you to write a Mm -hmm. verse that will explain it. It's almost like the, um, you know, the Powerpuff Girls theme song where it's like, sugar, spice, everything nice. These are the ingredients chosen to create the perfect little girls. Horn of a steer, but a lovable fellow from head to tail. (laughs) He's royal purple pigment. And then voila! The the pigment is born! (laughs) Good Powerpuff Girls pull. Good work. I didn't even prep that. That was, that was all. That was all my imagination. Oh, it is working again. Yeah, Figment did it. That's the original version. It's a little bit, uh, a little bit fun, a little bit awesome. <laughs> yeah. So I like it a lot. <laughs> I think it does a great job of hitting that like line where it's futuristic, but it's still like whimsical. Yeah. Like the whole like da 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 da. It's just like. You could hear the like the mm-hmm. winds popping, and but it's still like got enough like sort of metal elements if that almost makes sense to like make it seem like it's a future thing is happening. It's really driving you and pushing mm-hmm. you forward in the song, but you're still also just like this is just delightful. It's this little dragon, and we love him, <laughs> and our minds create creations because we all have sparks, sparks imaginations, for they can make our wildest dreams come true. These magic sparks in me and you, imagination. This is my new Casey Jr. Mm. (laughs) Now, you mentioned how the song sounds. I actually think that it reminds me of another Sherman Brothers song, and that Mm -hmm. is The Life I Lead, which is... Do you know what that is? Yeah, um, the... Persistence is the life I lead, or whatever it is. It, it, from yeah, Mary Poppins. Yeah? It's the Mary Poppins. It's the father song in Mary Poppins. You mm. know, it goes like. He sings about. By, by like. By 8.15. Oh, one second. He's, he's like, I am a British guy, and I have. I follow rules. I think that women should have no voices. My children exist purely as a status symbol. I love my wife, at least when I am talking about it to other people, and I need to make it seem like we're in love. (laughs) That sums it all up. Uh, But to me, that that sounds like one little spark of inspiration, or however. uh, Now I'm confusing the two songs. I know. Oh, no, I've lost it now. Is it the heart of all creation? Yeah, it... Uh, you know the best one is when Mary Poppins sings the really sad version of it back to him, where yeah. she shows him how empty his life is. <laughs> you know, yeah, you're right. I, I think what we should do is like I should learn how to sing "One Little Spark" to the tune of of uh, the life I lead, and then you learn how to sing the life I lead to the tune of "One Little Spark," and then we like do it at each other at the same time and yes. see if the world explodes. Yes. <laughs> no. We'll do not. that when we get to Mary Poppins. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, I just like I love the music in this. I love the orchestrations. Um, in the current version of the ride, you it sort of plays all the way through, which is nice. Like you get the the da 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 like pushing you through the ride, and it's yeah, just like yeah, you yeah. can't leave that ride without feeling happy. I feel mm. like. Yeah, I'm not a, as big of a fan of the the new ride. Uh, why don't we talk about what changed between the original ride and the yeah. new ride? So in in 1998, um, the ride went down for renovation. Um, which happens at Disney pretty much constantly. Um, but here we are. So they took out Imageworks upstairs, which is sort of like an interactive thing. And the pavilion was just called Imagination with an exclamation point when it opened in 1999. Um, and the ride was really different. So Dreamfinder was gone. No! I know! Who's going to find red, the dreams? The red-bearded man was lost forever. Um, maybe he went over to Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> so it's fine. Um, Figment was barely there he made cameo appearances and then had a short dialogue at the end of the ride but that was it but people like hated this to the extent that disney actually shut it down shut it down shut it down in 2001 which like two years is like that's a pretty short time for disney ride to exist because i'm trying to think of other hated disney rides and the one that i think of the most is stitch's great escape Mm -hmm. have you ridden stitch's great escape yes did you hate it? I'd never been on the original Alien thing, so I to me it was just whatever. I mean, Alien was terrifying, and so I couldn't handle it, but, like, Stitch is a terrible ride. Like, I don't want to talk about it too much, because this is not a podcast about Stitch. Mm. Um, but, like, look up the controversy if you're interested. It's atrocious. But that one still exists, and it's been a lot longer than two <laughs> years. They've made it seasonal now, so they only open it when the crowds are really high, and they, like, need people to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. But it's still been longer than two years. Um, so at the end of 2001... Um, they closed it and then modified it, um, and then they opened it up again later, and they brought Figment back in um, and made him much more prominent. Yeah, it was good, but it was still a really different ride than the previous ride, as opposed to being about, like, we have to find dreams and imagination. It's like, here are your senses. Yeah, Let's that, learn about senses. That was the thing that really stuck out, stuck out to me, because I was thinking, this is Journey into Imagination. Why are they just using this as an opportunity to teach us our five senses? It's not even uh, about imagination anymore. It should be called Journey into Your Senses. Yeah, and to be fair, it was in the 1999-2001 ride, it was called Journey into Your Imagination, but not really imagination. There was some of that, but they actually tied it in a lot more to Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. Mm. Um, And they would be test subjects for the new invention, the Imagination Scanner, where they scan to see if they had imagination. And then they, like, find out that they don't, and they have to go through labs about different senses so the original ones back in that version were sound illusion color gravity and connections you know the five senses yeah um and they've got some stuff in it but like everyone still hated it and that was fine and so when they brought it back again it's still the senses and it's not really tied to honey shrunk the kids anymore it's just kind of this uh, this inventor dr nigel channing who hosts it, and, like, Figment is kind of working with him right, to, like, right. cause chaos, and, and Figment's like, what if you just imagined more senses? Skunk smell! Mm, yeah, and Figment is is kind of there to throw things off. He's there to, like we said, be mischievous. Mischievous. Right. I don't know how and to you, say that word. but <laughs> you, I think either one works. Yes. Um, uh, and you kind of learn the lesson at the end, or you don't really learn the lesson, but Dr. Channing learns the lesson that, like, imagination is also a very important sense, and you go through this cool thing with, like, an upside-down house and okay. stuff like that. So that's that's how we tie back to the imagination, I, I see. Right. But people still do not care for it. 
and I found a thing on forums.wdwmagic.com. Um, the thread is, why did I like Journey into Imagination Figment when I was young but hate it now? <laughs> <laughs> um, and everyone's just, like, ranting about this. Um, and I'm going to just go through mm. one post in particular that I think really got into it by General Grizz, who was a new member during this thread, but this was April 29, 2005. Um, and I'll just read <laughs> excerpts from him, sort of skipping around. Sidious, you are not alone. That was the name of the user who posted the original thing. Nice Millions of people yeah, uh, were enchanted by Epcot's original Journey to Imagination Pavilion. The ride closed in October 1998. There is no known reason why. <laughs> Every person I have asked has given me a different answer. I've heard that the turntable structure was so heavy it was sinking and cost too much to maintain. Others have said that Kodak signed an agreement saying the ride should be changed. But the real reason as to why Figment and the Dreamfinder were stripped from one of the most classic Disney pavilions is pretty unknown. The ride was cut down. The new ride, Journey into Your Imagination set guests spinning into the Imagination Institute's variety of lab experiments. The new pavilion was bordering on obnoxious. <laughs> In short, guests were outraged. Not only was the attraction cheap and dull, unlike <laughs> the original, not an animatronic or artistically detailed scene was in sight, so you would have hated it, Frodo. But the ride was, italicized, too intense for children in terms of loud noises annoyance. The charm was gone. This made Journey into Your Imagination, which opened in September 1999, the most complained about attraction in Walt Disney World history. Although he says that Stitch might have overtaken it. Of course, pumping in $7 million and slapping Figment in would solve the problem, right? Wrong. Wrong. The version of the attraction you wrote, Sidious, still does not capture the Disney magic we saw in the original show. Sure, a purple dragon is back, but study his character. Instead of being filled with childish delight, Figment annoys, examines his fingernails, and acts extremely hyperactive. Heck, he even farts on us. <laughs> okay, it's not technical farting, but that would not make a difference. Not technical farting. That's that that makes a big difference to me. I think so. Yeah. I think so. If it's not technically if, farting, then it's not technically farting. Yep. He goes on to say the regression is tremendous. Most of the area outside of it resembles a McDonald's play place, tackier than the wonders of life decor. And it's essentially a line of computers where guests can email home photos of themselves. Nothing new. Magic. Lost. Don't forget the massive gift shop where speakers where guests can spend plenty of money on the Figment merchandise. Well, yes. That, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to stop him. I'm going to be like, that, that's okay. You know? That, yeah. That's, that's kind of I the love, point. Yeah. I love me some merch. And then he concludes by saying, perhaps one day, Disney can catch its spark of inspiration once again so that children young and old can truly appreciate the 21st century technologies that deliver art, meaning, and delight that we've expected out of such a company. And then he has three different links of primary sources for his information, <laughs> as well as photos of the new rides. This guy backs up his sh**. I wasn't that upset. I do think it's kind of weird, because the new version, this new scientist man is played by Eric Idle, and he's <laughs> kind of hamming it up with Figment. It, it did seem a little bit, maybe, zanier than than a classic Disney ride, which is, like like he said, more wonderment. And, and yeah. So. I, I don't know. I like it a lot. I know I'm in the minority here, but I really like the zaniness. I think that Figment, like, I like his, like, as opposed to being, like, playful, I like that he's, like, chaos. I think that's a sort of actually more mature thing that suits Epcot better than if it was, like, I wouldn't put this right in Magic Kingdom, right? Right, Because it's right. a lot more about, like, one, there's science involved, but also it's, like, that's not 
it is kind of a zaniness that you get in a lot of Epcot, but Epcot's kind of zany. Like, it's got Spaceship Earth, and it's got Soaring, and Living with the Lands, next to, like, Test Track, and a ride that, like, can give you a heart attack if you're not careful on the Mission to Mars um, ride. And then you also have, like, Free Soda that's terrible from Italy. Like, it's just a kind of a funky little place, and I think this fits the current feel of the park really effectively. That's a good point, that it might not be as Magic Kingdom-y as the original version mm-hmm. was. Maybe it wouldn't fit as well in Tomorrowland in the Magic Kingdom, but maybe it does fit in Future World and Epcot. And I think that Figment fits into that sort of weird, like, retro future very nicely. Um, one to agree with me, I've got a Yelp review from Chris B., who's an Elite 18. Now, this review was written in December of 2013, so it's a little more recent. Mm-hmm. But, um, but still, it, it has a nice uh, it's age, you know. Exactly. Now, Chris B. gave... Um, Journey into the Imagination with Figment, five stars out of five. That's as and high gonna, as you can give. That's as high as you can give. I'm going to hit some of the highlights for you. How cute a ride this is. I always wondering how my mind interprets things such as my senses, sense of sight, sound, and smell, though taste isn't covered here. I have always loved the upside-down house and think it's awful whimsical. I agree with you there, Chris. It is, in fact, awful whimsical. Awful. <laughs> it is awful. <laughs> hey, and whimsical. <laughs> If you haven't seen the latest rendition since they redid it, it's time you return. It's been redone on a grand scale with bright, cheery colors and words that aren't too big or too bold to understand. Kids have a lot of fun out of this ride. This is my favorite tip. If you can, join the single riders line for the quickest wait time. I'm pretty sure there is no single riders line at Figment. <laughs> um, yeah, I remember just walking right on the last yeah, time. Yeah, you there. usually do. You just like you don't have to wait for Figment. Yeah. Um, I was the only one in the line at the time, and they found a spot within 30 seconds of my arrival, and I didn't even have to sit near her or next to someone else. I believe they sensed my camera that I had and knew what the camera meant. Mm. No, I wasn't planning to post it to YouTube. So what were you planning to do, Chris? He wanted to keep it for for reference so he could further write his Yelp review more informedly. Yeah, that's fair. I know it's a bit much, and you have to listen to the cast members and their advice. That's good advice for anyone involved in Disney World. Listen to the cast members. They know what they're doing. They would have solved all of Jurassic World if they just listened to the cast members. However, don't try to sit in the car that's near the end or back of the line. If you enter the smell lab last, you won't see the show very well and end up smelling the other gas a minute in its place. The gas that's used to power the scent machine. So, uh, thank you for that, Chris. Chris would be... Yep. yep. Eight days ago, someone gave us two-star review, saying that they strolled right on to the ride thanks to our fast pass. <laughs> I just, I just really enjoy the fact that somebody used a fast pass on the Figment <laughs> ride. Well, they must like the song "Little Spark." One little. They spark. must. Let's go ahead and transition into the song, specifically people who sang the song. Well, I know that the the original version of Figment was this guy named Billy Barty. Yep. Yeah. Um, who was a really well-known um, performer in Hollywood. He was a little person, um, and so he did a lot of sort of roles that, that sort of fell into that. And he was also one of the first activists for little people, which is awesome. Uh, he was in a movie called Gold Diggers of 1933. Which is great. He was also in Rescuers Down Under. So. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah but his, his organization, Little People of America, um, was like the first organization to, active, to be an activist for little people. Wow. Which is super cool, and talked a lot about how, like, they were people, they were just actors with dwarfism and not defined by it, mm-hmm. which is super cool. So good job, Billy Barty. He has a, um, a star in the Hall of Fame in Hollywood. Yeah. Oh, wow. Or on the, the Walk of Fame. That's, that's le- that is legit. Amidst. Yeah. And then uh, 
I don't know who was the the dream finder. Was he anyone of note? Uh, Chuck McCann. No. Yeah. Chucky. Yeah. And also Ron Schneider. I don't know how they, like, split that up, but Ron Schneider does not have an article about him on Wikipedia, so I don't know a lot about him. Hopefully it wasn't Rob Schneider, because that would that would, be that, that, that would just bad. really confuse me. Um, yeah, that'd a, a be a child shame. version of Rob Schneider in the 80s, <laughs> just being like, uh, like, one little spark, man, or whatever. Whatever he sounds like. <laughs> perfect. No, that was a perfect Rob Schneider impression. Yeah. You got it. <laughs> uh, but then the new version is, like we said before a few times, it's Eric Idle is the main fella. Of Monty Python fame. Right. And then the new figment is David Goals. Goals? G-O-E-L-Z. Yeah, Goals. hashtag Goals, am I right? Yeah, he, he's a pretty cool guy. Let's let's talk about him, because he's, like, he's a killer. But, like, not a murderer. He's just, like, super interesting. <laughs> All I know about him is he's a Muppet performer, and he does Gonzo. So he has been doing Gonzo for, like... For since Gonzo's yeah. been around, he yeah. Is I mean, that's Gonzo. the thing. He's not just like a performer. He's like one of the original performers. He was um he got in with um with Jim Henson and the gang super early on in his career and in their career and was actually like on the pilot of their first um episode of the Muppet Show, which was called the Muppet what? Show Sex and Violence, which is my favorite. Fact. Nice. Yeah. Um, and he, like he because he he saw Sesame Street and he's like that's super cool and then like got in with Frank Oz. And sort of came on from that. So he, um, yeah, created Gonzo. Um, the characters that he's played, um, he performs Waldorf ever since um, Jim Henson passed in 1992. Um, he's been taking over for Waldorf since then. And then the other characters he plays, and he's the only person who's ever played these characters, is Gonzo, uh, Bunsen Honeydew, Randy Pig, Beauregard, Zoot, and Kermoot. <laughs> Kermoot. <laughs> Kermoot. Yeah, it's actually, like, his story is super interesting because he talks a lot about how, like, he felt like he didn't belong with all these really, like, well-known and famous performers. And so his original Gonzo was, like, super, like, self-deprecating and, like, shy and things like that. And it was as he became more comfortable that Gonzo sort of became who he is today. Oh. And, like, became the, like, the showman and stuff as he became more comfortable. And he, he talks about A Muppet Christmas Carol as, like, the turning point for him because they gave... Because Gonzo is Charles Dickens in that, the narrator. Mm-hmm, yeah. And that was, like... He thought that that was, like the folks in charge saying that they trusted him and that gave him more confidence too and that in turn gave Gonzo more confidence mm-hmm. I don't know I like it, it like I never thought about it that way but reading about how like Gonzo progressed as he progressed as a performer was really fascinating yeah it, it's interesting especially when these same Muppeteers are playing the same characters for decades and decades how right you, like he's been playing these since 1976 tied. right so there's no way you couldn't become tied to the character yeah and he did a bunch of other stuff, too. Like, he did, um, I mean, pretty much anything that the Henson Studios did. So he, like, did Fraggle Rock, um, mm-hmm. a bunch of that. He did Dark Crystal. He did la- a bunch of stuff in la- the la- Puppetry and Labyrinth. Um, did you ever watch Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas? Probably no. not. <laughs> no, no, I didn't. Yeah, well, for those of you who did, he's a bunch of the voices in that. Um, Bear in the Big Blue House. Oh, what is he in that? I'm I'm aware of that movie. I mean, TV he's show. only he's only a, did a guest star in um a couple of episodes. He played <laughs> Jack the Dog in a Barry Bear Christmas Part One and Part Two. Not interested. I want him <laughs> to be uh like there's like some mouse, isn't there? I don't know. Yeah, there is. I don't remember too much about it. Mm. I remember the otters, peanut butter and jelly. No, that was a different show. That's PB and J Otter. That show thing. is just called PB and J Otter. <laughs> That's like saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I know him. He's, uh, 
he's actually the Animaniacs or in that show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, he he did a voice in Inside Out. Uh, most of what he's done is is Muppets. But like, mm. I also don't think I realized that like the same puppeteers are doing the Muppets. That it's not like a group of people doing Gonzo. It's like no, if you get if you get Gonzo, you're getting Dave. Yeah, yeah, right. <sighs> there might be some like B Gonzo, you know, who who covers if he's busy though. I, I assume. I don't know. This is a pretty. This is a pretty impress. This is a pretty extensive list of things that Muppets have been in. Mm-hmm. Like they list the Muppets Kitchen with Cat Cora on here, <laughs> and he performed Gonzo and Doctor Honeydew and Beauregard and Ramdi in that, and WWE Raw Gonzo. <laughs> Oh, all right. Well, if he's been on Raw, he must be he must be the only Gonzo. Yeah. Because yeah. if there if ever there was going to be a time where you would be like, I'm sending the B Gonzo, it would be to WWE Raw. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, that's Dave Gold, and so they got him to Figment, which well, is super cool. So we've got like an A-list celebrities and A-list songwriters, the Sherman Brothers, mm-hmm. and they put together this song and this performance, and what would you say the outcome is? What kind of grade? I know. I'm not probably not going to give this a specific letter grade like I usually do, but uh, what do you think the output is here? Is it something that all Disney fans should be on top of? I think it's like a quarter of a step below truly iconic. Okay. Because it is fantastic, and I love it a lot, but like mm-hmm. I don't go around. It's not quite as catchy. Mm-hmm. As some of the other songs, like when you're in the ride, you leave that ride singing this song. But like just humming it to myself and like listening to it for the episode, it's not stuck in my head the same way the Tiki Room was, you know? Yeah. yeah. To me, Figment is iconic, but not the right. song. Like I wouldn't listen to this song on its own as much, but I think it scores the ride beautifully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, as opposed to Tiki Room, but like Tiki Room also exists to be the song. Right. Right. Yeah. I think it's it's. One thing that can be said about the song is how it guides you through the ride. It, it is, it's hard to separate the song from the ride because the lyrics of the song are what's taking place. Even in the original version, we talked about how the song narrates the creation of Figment, and now it narrates your journey through all these sense rooms. Right. Um, yeah. I think it's still a really great song, though. I don't want to put like a number or a letter on it, and just I, I, I like the idea of putting it like in terms of how iconic it is mm-hmm. for these sort of songs. Like, I'd put Tiki Room as iconic, and i put this one, like, a quarter to a half step below iconic. Yeah. I think that's fair. And I think that we have all sparked our imaginations over the course of this episode, and <laughs> I want you all to go out and change your world to make it more... I don't know, Epcot-y, whatever. <laughs> yeah, strive to achieve the future of tomorrow today. There we go. That's that's a word. That's a yeah. nice little jingle. Oh, I'd be a great pol- political speech writer, Frodo. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, I think that about wraps it up for us. Frodo, did you have anything else you want to say? Uh, no, just that I think Figment is a cool kid. Yeah. Is, is he a kid? Wait, so. time out. Is, oh, no. Is, is Figment a child? Is he like SpongeBob where he's actually a, like a grown-up, but he seems like a child? I think Figment in the original version of the ride is a kid, and I think he's a teenager in the like current okay, version. Rebellious of the ride. Teen. All right. Yeah. Now that that's settled, I'm ready to end the episode. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. Um, like we said, remember to like, subscribe, all that good stuff. It really helps us out. And we'll be back for Bambi pretty shortly. It's gonna be an exciting time. Lots of deer <laughs> that die. <laughs> deer that die. Well, this has been Frodo the Lawyer. It's been Amanda the Person. And thank you for listening to Wish a Pot of Star. 
Nation. <laughs> Seems like a SpongeBob throwback again. 